Welcome to another exciting episode of The Nuclear View, a weekly podcast of the National Institute for Deterrent Studies, where we want to advance peace, promote stability, and remind you to think deterrence. The views of the guests are their own. Well, we've got another great episode of The Nuclear View for you. Of course, I'm Adam Lowther. And as always, we have Curtis McGiffin, Jim Petrosky, and today we have a very special guest. Senior Master Sergeant Justin Jacobson is joining us for the first time. He, of course, is an airman, and he is a security forces senior enlisted leader and spends a lot of his time, and this is one of the great things about Justin, is he also has his doctorate. And he is passionate about nuclear education and all things nuclear. So we thought we'd have him on the show because today's topic is nuclear education. Where are we? What do we need? You know, just a general discussion of of what the options and opportunities are and to get a sense of of what, what our panel thinks. And of course, as you might know, the listeners who listen frequently, Curtis recently retired as the associate dean of the Strategic Forces College at the Air Force Institute of Technology, and he had responsibility for professional continuing education related to nuclear. And then Jim Petrosky, uh, you might not know this because he went to uh, this little, I can't even remember the name of some little technical school called Rensselaer Polytechnical Institute where he got his uh, Ph.D. in nuclear engineering. And he was, for almost two decades, a professor of nuclear engineering. You can hear his size. He doesn't like my RPI jokes. <laughs> and so he's, you know, he was on the f- faculty of AFIT for 20 years. And then I, of course, have spent mo- most of my career in PME teaching and leading on nuclear issues. So we've got a lot of experience and a lot of thoughts and a lot of passion built into this. And one of the things that we have, we focus so much on PME, particularly officer PME, that's where the majority of the education happens. And then there are also university programs out there. There's a handful, not a ton, but we have, we rarely talk about enlisted nuclear education. And this is something that for Justin, who's passionate about it, we thought it'd be perfect to come and talk about what he thinks, what's out there, and then what we might need. So with that long monologue, gentlemen, it's another great day for the nuclear view. It is. Glad to be here. And welcome to you, Justin. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here as well. Hey, hey, Jim are are you are you ever going to be okay with my RPI jokes, or is that just well, Adam? As many people have said before, and to <laughs> to the point of this whole uh, discussion we have on workforce and knowledge, I'll just pass on to you that the concept of ignorance is bliss uh, comes to mind. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> since, since we're talking about uh, education, um, maybe I could uh, sort of open this up uh, for Justin. But uh, you know, I've been involved in uh, in education. I actually taught at another important school, the United States Military Academy, 
uh, where we also had a nuclear focused education and we did educate officers there as well. But what I found uh, in learning about how the education systems work for the military, as well as in civilian uh, institutes, is it's very hard to find an organization that is willing to take on the really important need for education about our nuclear weapons and nuclear weapon systems outside of the, the military academies. And so I think it's really, it was really exciting to have Justin step up and maybe he can give us a little bit of information on his background. But, um, but uh, the excitement here is that people are interested and when they're interested, they're going to find a way. And so at the military academies, we get their interest because they're there for the military academy piece. But there are other avenues as well that might might open this up. And so I think that's the important thing for NIDS to get the get that breadth into the uh, into the overall conversation. Yeah, if I could add to that uh, before we get over to Justin here uh, is prior to leaving the Air Force, my last gig in uniform was as a assistant professor at the National War College. And while I was there, um, I started an elective on deterrence. They didn't, they didn't have one there. And I'll tell you what, uh, every one of my courses were, were full, not because of me, but because the, 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 the students found it interesting. They were interested to understand why deterrence is what it is. How does it work? Why does it work? And, uh, you know, after years and years of, of rotations to the desert, uh, in the global war on terror, uh, I found that students uh, uh, were specifically were, were particularly interested in in taking courses on war aversion. How do I avert war and not have to keep doing these deployments uh, among them? And the uniformed uh, guys I found were particularly interested in the State Department courses. Like, what are you guys doing? But uh, but I think that it is particularly interesting that there is an. Um, there is a lot of misunderstanding of deterrence out there, and uh, and that's particularly because those in the disarmament community uh, don't favor deterrence because it sh- it displays nuclear weapons in a positive light, and so they necessarily have to sort of dis- discourage and um, and and talk down uh, deterrence and its in its uh, potential for war aversion as it has for the last seventy some odd years. And so that's a challenge that I think we have to overcome, um, and that uh, that when you connect it to nuclear weapons. And so I think that that is uh, one of the most important parts of where we can make a difference in education. So Justin, as as we you know, there's lots of opportunities for you know officers across PME, and then you know there's a handful of programs at MIT and at you know, K-State has a security studies and Missouri State, and there's a handful of programs that specialize in this. But for you as an enlisted security forces airman who wound up at a nuke base and then found that, hey, I kind of like this stuff, and then you wanted to go learn about it, what was that path for you to educate yourself because we don't have a ton of education out there that you can take advantage of. Right. Uh, so my path started in, in uh, Minot, North Dakota back in 2004. And I did that mission for uh, about six, seven years. And uh, I liked it. I did a lot of neat stuff, deployed to Iraq while I was there. 
Uh, I did a lot of neat stuff, as I said, uh, for the uh, Nuclear Enterprise, and then uh, went to the do the NATO strike mission in Vokel, in the Netherlands. And that learning about that was was interesting, as a because I did not know we conducted that type of mission over there, and so learning that aspect and and how uh, U.S. deterrence fits with our NATO allies was very interesting to me. And so when I left there, I went to Kirtland Air Force Base in New Mexico, and I. Uh, Worked at a place called the Kirtland Underground Munitions Maintenance Storage Complex, I believe, Kumsek. And so I was just inundated with uh, nonstop uh, uh, nuclear knowledge, I shall say. And learning how everything fit together was, was interesting, and I, and I wanted to learn more. So anytime a class came up, I would try to volunteer and try to attend uh, so, Kirtland was a great experience for me because you have Sandia National Labs is there, uh, the Nuclear Weapons Center is there, um, and so you have a bunch of different organizations, and and learning how it all fits together, all the different pieces from DOE and DOD was was just totally interesting to me. Uh, fast forward, uh, I went to Turkey, and then after my time in Turkey, I found myself at Whiteman Air Force Base uh, doing the uh, B-2 mission there, uh, weapon storage areas, and and, uh, 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 and that was uh, very interesting. And so I got to learn the bomber side of things as well, and uh, I had the opportunity to attend a couple classes uh, the nuclear 300 course and the NC3 300 course where I met Curtis and uh, learning how those pieces learn getting the strategic view at the at the the nuclear 300 course and then learning how the command and control works I just I just loved it and it motivated me so much that I wanted to uh, bring out to the rest of the nuclear enterprise of the security forces point of view and uh, we're here too so because it's a very important part of the enterprise and it's something that shouldn't be overlooked because without security this you can't do anything and and uh, i think it's from an old army field manual their first priority work is is security so that sets your baseline for everything because without security you can't conduct the operations that we need to as a nation to counter our our uh, strategic threats so would you say that the majority of your education has sort of been learning on the job, OJT, on the job training, and just sort of your own personal reading? Or I know you mentioned Nuke 300 and NC3 300, but has it, would that sort of be a, a, a smaller part of, of your experience or a bigger part? Or how does that fit in with your overall education? It was kind of a smaller part. Uh, I, uh, well, I was pursuing my doctorates. Um, I would pick up things and just to read about what's going on in the world. And in the last few years, I started noticing more and more nuclear 
articles coming out and then, you know, threats from Russia, China's rebuilding their arsenal. And so I figured, well, I might have actual part in all this and the airmen that I lead and uh, actually have a part in this as well. So I read more and more and, and um, I stumbled upon some articles from, from actually all three of you. And, uh, <laughs> um, and it, I just, it just hooked, I was just hooked. Uh, and the, the professional education side of going to those courses just added to my natural curiosity of, of how everything uh, in the world of deterrence and how everything fits together. Now, as you think about sort of your development and you're, you're sort of on the senior end now, if you were to, if, you know, if I were to let you borrow my um, genie filled lamp and you could go back or you could, you know, change things for airmen that are coming behind you education wise, what, what would you do to better position them to have the, you know, the, the, the understanding, the knowledge, the information that you think they need, what would you do? I, I think I would, I would probably have to say that uh, starting early, getting the airmen as early as you can involved in the nuclear enterprise. I, I knew growing up we had nuclear weapons. I was, I loved history and, and all that. But the only time that I knew that the Air Force had anything to do with nuclear weapons was a was a piece of paper uh, during MEPS that asked if I was a if I could work around nuclear weapons. You know, circle yes or no. And so, uh, I think starting early would be my wish it, 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 with the education piece. And there's some courses out there with with the, the strategic basic. Uh, there's a, a course out there I think is a, a, right. SDBC. Yes, SDBCs. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, there's some of those courses uh, out there, so that's a good thing. So that would that is going in the right direction, I believe. But my wish is, if going back then, I wish we could have done that a lot earlier, uh, because it's definitely it's definitely uh, just going through the courses that I went through. It sparked my my uh, my willingness to learn a lot more. And, and that's what I hope these courses do as well for the future generations coming up. Justin, let me ask you this, since you've been out in the field, walking fence lines, guarding this and that, <laughs> and trying to motivate young airmen to, to do these things, right? To stand out in the heat, stand out in the cold, look at an empty field, guard a piece of metal, guard a hole in the ground, uh, all these different things. Um, what is your assessment um, on the ability, on, on, on the role that education and awareness uh, plays with the motivation of these young airmen who are, some of them are 18, 19, 20 years old, uh, fresh out of, out of high school or, or junior college or something. And, 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 um, and how do you think the generation now with the question of why, explain to me why I'm doing this. Uh, how do you think that that plays in, in, in all of this? Well, I think uh, having the, the uh, 50,000 foot view starting there and bringing it down to their level of how they actually fit into the nuclear enterprise and what do they contribute uh, 
goes, uh, it, it, it helps out a lot, helps the airmen out a lot. And when you explain that to them, you can almost see it in their face. Like, Oh, okay. I got it. I understand why this is very important. And so knowing why the United States is, is conducting the operations we are and why we are taking the actions that we are in the nuclear enterprise, why we are upgrading our systems, uh, why we are conducting uh, our generation exercises, uh, all of those things. Once you tell them the why, it, it's totally different. You get a totally different response. You almost get like uh, uh, they're proud to be there um, because at least security forces, you always stand out there and when nothing happens, that's a good day for us. Right. And right. so, but when nothing happens, that's also can be one of our biggest enemies because it'd be complacency and, and, and all that. So once you understand the why, it's just a, it makes a world of difference. Excellent. Yeah, Justin, you mentioned that, um, that uh, explaining the value and the why to the, to the people that you are leading is important. Um, where do you feel that your education has helped you become a better leader? Because in your position, that leading affects so many people. And how does that higher education help you out? Uh, can you sort of portray that for us? Right, sure. Uh, so with my education level uh, that I have, it, I'm able to bring in... Um, kind of the academic view of, of things and, and uh, tell the airmen of, Hey, did you know that, uh, you know, in 1950 or 1960, you know, the nuclear enterprise did this um, and, and uh, give them that history and kind of that uh, professor type of, of, you know, teaching and, um, Get, sparking their interest in into learning a little bit more about the the nuclear enterprise, and then having the degrees I have, hopefully it serves as a motivator to those airmen. Like, hey, I can do this too. Uh, you know, I I just I don't have to rely on my GI Bill. I can do it while I'm in uh, and and get and pursue my education uh, goals. So sure. that's that's uh, part of of uh, the reasons why I chose to get a degree and, and some personal reasons as well. But uh, uh, I just hope that it, it is a motivator for them to, to want to know more about the nuclear enterprise and to pursue their educational goals and, and they can do it too. Yeah. And you know, the interestingly veterans actually have the highest GPAs of any demographic group in, in college. <laughs> So they're they're well prepared and then they're highly motivated. I know whenever I left the Navy, I was highly motivated to do something else. So I wanted to to do well in school. And then like like you said, I was passionate about international relations and you know, I had deployed a few times and found found that I you know, I kinda love the stuff. And so it's certainly understandable and, and now it seems like there's a lot more opportunities for education. I mean, whenever I was a young guy, they would bring uh, college professors out on ships and they would go on deployments with you. Whereas now you have, you know, you can do stuff online. There's just so many more opportunities. And so I wonder, have you found 
many of, you know, these younger enlisted folks, these airmen taking advantage saying, Hey, you know, I'm really, you know, I'm a security forces airman. Is, is there one of these options that I have, you know, if I want to get a degree, I want to get one that is related to what I'm doing. Do you find that there are airmen out there that that's sort of that they're sparked and motivated and, you know, they're like, Hey, I want to get a commission and I want to, you know, I want to be a missileer or I want to be a, you know, a, a weapons officer or, a, you know, I want to fly B-52s. Uh, do you find that sort of that melding of, of experience, education, aspiration? Do you see that taking place? Uh, I do. Uh, there's, it's not, not a lot, but I do find it. There are some motivated troops out there that want to pursue the degrees and, and uh, complete their educational goals. Um, some want a commission. Uh, so it, it's there. There's, there's some, there's some kindling that's, that's ready to be lit there. Uh, towards the, the, I haven't found as many that are willing to go towards the nuclear enterprise as much. Uh, there are some uh, individuals I've met that they commissioned and were security forces officers. So they found themselves right back in, in the, the enterprise, which is, which is great. And, but they, they're, they're there. Uh, it's just bringing it out and, uh, bring it out and, and tell them the why and, and getting that spark to, to get going. So I, I, let me throw in here. I think it's interesting, um, how this goes, because I, I think we, as a nation see this as a challenge, uh, back in, uh, 2016, I know it's a little dated, but it's not that far off. Uh, the council of foreign relations in partnership with national geographic, conducted a survey on what college age students knew about the world. And, um, you know, it, it may or may not surprise you to, to, to know that uh, of the, of the college students <clears throat> surveyed in this national survey, um, um, only, um, uh, only 9% of the respondents knew anything about deterrence or nuclear proliferation for that matter. I thought that was, was interesting. Um, and, and in, what was also interesting was that um, only 28% of the respondents knew that Japan was under a nuclear protection treaty uh, with the United States. And in fact, 9% thought that China was. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, these are the kinds of, of challenges, I think, that even in the undergraduate college level, um, that, uh, that we may be missing uh, some of this education um, at a national level. In 2019, there was a study um, uh, done that said that out of um, all of the top 75 ranked public, private, and military institutions in the country, on average, seven courses over a two-year academic period were offered regarding national security kinds of education. But in the same area, uh, between 19 and 30 courses were offered um, with regard to the topic of um, climate change, for example. And so when we find uh, in these institutions, um, both see climate and nuclear uh, war as existential threats, uh, but we may not be talking about both of those uh, at the same level. Yeah. And, and as I go into schools, um, what I find is that uh, I, I'm not there to make nuclear advocates, but I think people have to have an awareness of the national security aspects of the various uh, uh, um, 
activities that we're involved in, the treaties, the formation of the international relationships. And as Justin said here, the the importance of security, which allows us to have the freedom of movement for transportation and communications and commerce that makes the, that makes the United States way of life, the way of life. And I think that's really important. And I'm, I want to speak as as I speak to our audience, because I'm the technical guy and you guys haven't brought that up yet, but I'm going to bring it up. (laughs) I'm the technical guy, but since we have developed NIDS and I have interacted on this basis, because I know a lot of people shy away from the nuclear side because they say, oh, it's too technical. It's too hard. There's math. You have to learn how to do exponentials and all that scary stuff. But that's not the only part of this. There's a huge part that I wish my technical folks would include in their education and their understanding to motivate them because the important piece here is in the end, this technology is designed to develop a deterrent effect that is a technology political weapon that is used throughout, you know, to, to preserve peace. And that's what we're all about. That's why we've developed, you know, a lot of the things that we're doing. And I'm curious, Justin, you know, as we're, as we're reaching out, you've mentioned some of the programs that have been developed since the 2008, 2009 period where the leaders of the air force have gotten together and said, we need more education. We need more knowledge and awareness of the deterrence that is developed through the various components of the the, uh, the the nuclear triad, for example, and our NC3 system and the whole nuclear enterprise. I'm curious how those have affected you as well, because you've been to those classes. And then more so, what where where might we be able to, you know, approach those as a, an organization to make better awareness outside? I know that's a big question, but, you know, I just wanted to pull the technical side to the the piece to the side. So there's other pieces here that I think have motivated you. And I'm curious as to your thoughts and how those motivated you. Right. So um, learning how it all fit together was, was one of my uh, motivating factors. But as for those courses uh, to, I think to spread awareness to, to throughout all the ranks, because when I attended those courses, I was the only security forces member there. Uh, and out of the enlisted, I think I was one or four or so in, in each of those classes. And so, um, it, it, it is neat, uh, to see other enlisted personnel in those classes because then my hope is, is that they go back to their airmen and, and tell them, Hey, I went to this course and it's great. And, and in fact, since we're talking about education, I just had uh, a, a troop of mine, a, a master sergeant, who just attended uh, the uh, uh, nuclear certification uh, course. Uh, I, and uh, he was texting me and he goes, "This, I love this. this. This is great. And I was like, that's that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And so um, uh, he's he's kind of hooked. I uh uh, he, uh, uh, he loves it. So he has an assignment to, to, uh, uh, Georgia. Uh, but, uh, he's hoping that he can get back to the enterprise, um, later in his career. But, um, that just goes to show it. Once you spread that awareness and you tell people about, Hey, these courses, there's some, there's some really good stuff in all these courses. Uh, 
and if they have an open mind and and they like what they get out of it, they're hooked. Yeah, it's a great point. It's uh, and you know, the Air Force in particular deserves a considerable credit because, you know, there was the two thousand seven incident, and you know, it sort of kicked off this renaissance for nuclear education in particular. And so if you think about just the full spectrum of things that have happened, you know, AFIC created a new college. We've got all this PCE. Then there's the Air Force Nuclear College at Kirtland, and they teach a series of courses. And, you know, then there, you know, I'd stood up the SANS program. And there's there's just been a, the Air Force and Air Force Global Strike, I mean, Air Force Global Strike Command stood up. And so there's been a lot of focus and effort, but when you have more than 30,000, you know, nuclear airmen, you got a lot of folks you got to teach a lot to. And so it's, you know, it's always a, a, you know, a mission that you're always trying to catch up on. And, uh, you know, then there's, there's the Navy and then there's the civilian workforce and then there's all the labs and DOE and who understand weapons, but they don't understand strategy and policy. So it's this, and, you know, vice versa for DOD. So it's, it's a huge mission that, uh, and you know, the more I'm, you know, I'm a strategy policy guy, but then whenever I went to SANS, I got, you know, I got a, a heavy dose and it was hard at first, of, you know, weapons physics, but man, was it interesting. And so it's sort of like you said, where the more you get into it, the more you find it fascinating. And so making those opportunities that, that sort of draw, draw civilians, draw airmen, draw undergraduate students to, you know, to this, to this workforce, like Jim was saying, you know, you know, getting them in high school, he goes out and he teaches in high schools and he teaches young kids physics and, trying to, to, to spark that interest, you know, cause may, maybe that young enlisted guy who's going to get out in four years, but if, if you and others like, and we spark his interest, then he'll stay and make a career of it. And that's exactly what we need and want. Go ahead, yeah. Justin. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and, uh, all that education just goes back to the nuclear posture review towards the, the end of it, where it talks about, uh, uh, priority on programs and policies to attract and retain talent and conduct effective knowledge transfer. And those are all those programs, at least the way that I see it. And, and that's the, uh, the, that is perfect. And, and I think more development of those courses will definitely implement that part of the nuclear posture review and, and it'll just be better for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Curtis. Well, I would just say, uh, you know, as a, as a shameless plug here at, at uh, National Institute for Deterrence Studies, we have an education program here called the NIDS Academy, and uh, I invite um, our listeners to, uh, to, to check it out. Um, there is a, an academy out there you can link through our website, uh, and there is uh, several courses there that are uh, uh, awareness courses. They have some video lectures, some cool YouTube videos, a few little minor readings. And, uh, and we're going to continue to add to that catalog, um, but allow uh, not only just airmen opportunities to learn, but uh, all, you know, soldiers, sailors, guardians, Marines, coasties, civil service. And I would say the general American public um, and also around the world. 
I, I think that there are a por- uh, courses that we'll be offering here that we either are offering or will be offering that will even be attractive to, um, uh, you know, some of our, our, our NATO partners uh, and so forth. And I think they are, these are great opportunities to, to, to grow uh, the interest, to, to motivate a workforce uh, and to enhance that workforce. And I think uh, uh, to help uh, shape some of those views, uh, because we've got a lot of we've got a lot of folks that are are going to need to come into the workforce uh, that are uh, to, to to keep this world moving. We need interest. We need people considering these career fields, whether they're in high school or in college or already wearing the uniform or or in a job that might say, I think I might like to meander my career over into that area, like the nuclear enterprise. And do their part uh, because, uh, uh, as we say here in NIDS, uh, besides think deterrence, uh, is that our nuclear arsenal, our nuclear weapons, our nuclear deterrence is about peace and stability in the world. It is about bringing peace. And I would argue that our strikers, our airmen, our folks out there who are who are in this um, and rolling up their sleeves and learning about it and performing these missions every day are preserving the peace and stability that we not only enjoy today, but have enjoyed for the last 70 years. So thank you, Justin, for your role in that. Jim, we're uh, out of time, but I wanted to give you a, I know you had a thought. You look like you're about to say something. So jump on in, Jim. I'm always about to say something. (laughs) First of all, Justin, I, uh, I appreciate your service to our country. And I'm, I mean that uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, and I also applaud you for taking a route that other people haven't taken. And you've done it, I know, somewhat for your own interest, but in the interest of the country. And I think it's valuable to you and the people you lead. And so uh, that's really important. Um, and, you know, keep up uh, keep up the good work. And I, I want to really, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to be able to work with you uh, over the, the however long we are able to work with you. Um, and as you move forward in your professional career, uh, you're a great example for uh, for the airmen out there. But really, overall, in uh, for all the communities, as Curtis said, because it's becoming aware and interested and understanding how these things go together that really motivate people. And once that happens, uh, you know, the sky's the limit, I guess, uh, you know, uh, and so. So I thank you, and I'm I'm glad we at NIDS uh, were able to make a connection to you. And so with that, Adam? Well, Justin, like uh, Jim said, thanks for joining us. Curtis, same to you. But unfortunately, it is that time of the show where we have to bring it to a close because we are, of course, out of time. So thanks to you, the listeners. And as always, we encourage you to think deterrence. Thank you for listening to this week's The Nuclear View. We hope you found it engaging and valuable. The Nuclear View is released each Wednesday and is a production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies, a 501c3 organization. We are dependent upon donations to provide our podcasts. Every donation helps keep this and many other deterrence-related activities happening and helps to bring about awareness of the peacekeeping value of U.S. strength and of our national deterrence. We occasionally answer questions from our valued listeners. If you wish to send us questions on a topic, please send your email to asknids at thinkdeterrence.com. 
That's Ask NIDS, one word, the at symbol, and thinkdeterrence, one word, dot com. If you enjoyed this show, check out our other weekly podcast, Nuclear Knowledge. You can catch all of our podcasts at thinkdeterrence.com under the Deterrence Podcast tab. We thank our producer, Kimberly Charrington, our sponsors, and all the fantastic members of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies for making this podcast possible. Stay tuned next week for another exciting and informative nuclear view, where we want to advance peace, promote stability, and remind you to always think deterrence.